played and sang today, and the less younger man that <laughs> played and sang today started out as prayer requests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Any particular reason why you picked that chorus, uh, done so much for me? <laughs> tell him about the picture. done so much for me, Lord. Tell him about what? Tell him about the picture you sent me, the tools. Jimmy's tools. Oh, yes. I came out. I don't know where they all had gone. They worked on different things around the farm. And I saw Jimmy's tool set and some plumber's tape and all this other stuff. And then on top of a kitty litter tub right in front of his chair was his Bible. (laughs) And I thought, this man knows how to equip himself. (laughs) And I remembered a time in the not-so-distant past when... It was all a, a whole different world. It's like it was not the people that we are now, all of us. And it, we were in a situation where it wasn't that we had a great church family that, you know, when it all started, I'll say that, that we, we didn't really have any kind of anybody right. covering us. We didn't have a covering. And so that was proof positive that God will reach down and pull you up That's right. and give you a new heart and new desires and, and all of that. That's right. So, and so, so those two are miracles. Yes. Know, it's family's a miracle. And then we have another recent miracle sitting there. we got miracles sitting mm-hmm. at the table today. Yep. Then we got anything to say about uh, your recent uh, peer into eternity? <laughs> well, you can go one minute normal, the next minute you're sitting there not able to wake up or move your head. That was me. I was dehydrated so bad. 
Yep, the doctor screwed up with the medicine, so I learned not to trust them anymore. What did they tell you when you went to the hospital? Oh, what about your kidneys? My kidneys yes. were failing along with everything else. So. Two percent? I've had that for years, though. The kidney problems. Uh -huh. But because the medicine screwed up, my kidneys were even worse. They put me on dialysis one time. No fun. I don't remember it. It was out of my mind. It was such a time. But I remember thinking they were all trying to kill me. Really, they were helping me. I had to be tied down to the bed. Oh. I was going to rip that stuff out of my throat for the dialysis. But here I am today, and they said that my kidneys are the best they've been. Nine years. Wow. And now they're doing that's better. Jesus. That's Jesus. That is Jesus. You can't understand, but that's good. <laughs> they had to call me up. That's that's good news for him. Normally they don't. Wow. We understand. Yep. 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 Now is the season. I would throw everything you got to throw in the water in the yeah. water right now. Yeah. And one thing about historically, you can prove that in every season of mankind's history, when society got its darkest, God moved in the mightiest fashions. Mm -hmm. There were more miracles happened during times of great persecution and, and wickedness in high places than any other time. So right now, add more fuel to the fire when you're praying for those children and grandchildren and those family members and those needs you have in your life. Because we're going to see so many things happen in such a hurry, we're going to have to start writing these things down, or we will forget a bunch of them, I'm telling you. Uh, what, while you're turning to the book of Matthew chapter 7, and, and then keep Luke 6 and Mark when you turn to Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 7. Well, there's been many times throughout the years where God in a service in different places where God has called out illnesses and sicknesses and has, has done miracles, but uh, most of the time over the last few decades, they've been one here and then a while with nothing, and then a miracle here, then a while with nothing, then a healing, healing, and then a while with nothing. But the last little while, I, I have watched as these are starting to happen closer and closer together. There's just as you can tell, there's something coming in our country as far as the darkness and immorality, there is also something that is starting to stir on the right side of the balance. Yeah. Um, so I encourage you, I encourage you, ask God for anything you need. Ask Him for family members, for, for things that they need in their lives. God is, is getting ready to do a quick work. And in the Bible, that means He does it all like that. Doesn't mean it happens as quickly after we ask him, but it does mean once he does it, it all goes boom and everything changes. And what I want to talk about today uh, is I want, first of all, I'd like Jimmy, and Jimmy, instead of reading starting with verse 23, I'd like you to start with 20. Okay. And, and, and go through. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have him read through once uh, because this way you're not, uh, you can control yourself and not read ahead when we start to dig in, right? You will have heard the end of the story, and that way when we go back through and we dig through it, you can stay with me on each verse and get as much as God would have you to get out of verses. So Matthew chapter number 7, and Jimmy, if you would read verses 20 through 29, please. Okay, all right. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. 
Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, there goes Billy Graham's gospel. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So right, right there, right off the bat, we've got Jesus Himself saying that this modern doctrine of all you have to do is confess something. Notice what He said. He said specifically, not everybody that saith, Lord, Lord. That's the modern doctrine of confessing Jesus Christ as my Savior, Lord, yeah. Lord. But notice what it says right after that. Jesus says, not everybody that saith is going to come in, but he that doeth. Yeah. So see, there is something required of us. It's not enough just to say there's got to be a do. Go ahead, brother. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Preached. And in thy name have cast out devils. Now notice right here it says in thy name. Who, who's talking here? Mm -hmm. Jesus. So this is Jesus saying there's going to be people that tell me we preach in Jesus' name. Yeah. So we're not even talking about people in false religions that don't know the name of God. He's talking about people that are going to say right. we have preached in Jesus' name. And, and what is it right after prophesying there, Jimmy? What did he say? Have we and, not what? And in thy name have mm -hmm. cast out devils. These are people that have cast out devils. Now, now hold, let's hold the boat right there for a minute. Okay. Somebody walks up. We see in the service, see somebody come in with a devil, right? Which means, first of all, there are people that their lives are controlled by devils. Second of all, we are the people that can free them from that yes. control of the devil. Amen. But third of all, these are people that will, in front of our eyes, cast devils out and do it in the name of Jesus. Mm. Now, how are these people going to wind up? Keep reading, Jimmy. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Uh-huh. And then will I profess unto them, uh -huh. I never knew you. Never knew you. Wait a minute. These people cast out devils in Jesus' name. They healed the sick in Jesus' name. And they did wonderful things. Mm. So see, look, this proves us right away that you cannot, just because you see somebody doing good things, doesn't mean that everything that they're going to share with you is right. Yeah. Okay? This also means that just because somebody's out doing good things and even used in a powerful way. Man, look, if logically, if I saw somebody cast out a devil right in front of me and they laid their hand on somebody and said, in Jesus' name, be gone, right. and I saw a devil leave somebody, I'd be a little like, whoa, that preacher's on yeah. fire. Huh. I wonder where he pastors at, man. I'm going to go see if I go to church over there. He's got it going on. And yet, Jesus himself said that that preacher is going to be the very one that he's going to look at and say, even though you did wonderful works in my name, so he had the truth of Jesus' name, even though you had enough power in your walk with me to cast out devils in Jesus' name, Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. Yeah. So see, there's a whole lot of people that know about Jesus that Jesus don't know them. Yeah. When Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you, that's an intimacy. Yeah. That means even though that person obviously knew Jesus, Jesus didn't know them. How is that possible? Well, it could just be a person that, that never took the time to pray because you talk to God, God's going to know you. Is this a person that never took the time to read the Bible? Because when you read the Bible, really the purpose of reading the Bible is to know what God likes and what He doesn't like. Yeah. I mean, I'm just smart enough to say if I read something in the Bible that God don't like, I'm going to do my best to quit doing that. It makes sense, don't it? And if I read something in the Bible that God does like, I'm going to do my best to try and learn how to do that. Amen. So this has got to be a person that don't talk to God, doesn't read about the things that God likes and doesn't like. 
I mean, it's kind of like in a marriage, man. When you get married, it's smart to learn things. Or, you know, just as smart as it is to learn things that your wife does like, it's really even a little smarter to learn things she don't like. Yeah. I'd much rather have my wife tell me something she likes that I didn't know about than to have her have to tell me something that she doesn't like that I didn't know about. Because usually that I just did it. <laughs> <laughs> Some things you learn the hard way. But at least in our worldly relationships, we learn something the hard way we can fix it. Yeah. These people right here, when Jesus started that story and said, in that day, that's judgment day. He's talking about the day when everybody stands in front of God and are judged. So on that day, there ain't no fixing this, bud. It's done. Oh, yeah. so, so finish, Jimmy. He said, so depart from me, I never... Depart from me, mm -hmm. ye that work iniquity. That work iniquity. Now, iniquity uh, is faults and things that God doesn't like. So there really is there's a little bit of a difference between sin and iniquity. And you'll see in the Bible, a lot of times, they, they use the words in different places. Jesus does, and so does everybody else. Now, sin, obviously, is any of the Ten Commandments, right? We know that. But iniquities, most generally in the Bible, iniquities are personal flaws. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, personality traits that aren't good, character defects, right? And that's why you see in certain families, right? Like there'll be a family where like everybody you know in that family's mean. You know, certainly you guys don't know any mean families. Or everybody in a certain family's known because they're all drunks. Yeah. Or there's a certain family that's always known because they're always fighting. I mean, even with kids in diapers, they're fighting all the time. And you think, man, that family's no good. That must be bad blood. No, what that is, is it's iniquities flaw then a great grandpappy had that flaw being mean yeah. so uh, he never fixed it he never gave it over to god and asked for help right so his children grew up with a mean daddy and so mean was normal so they were mean and then when they grew up the only role model they had on how to be a parent was a mean parent so then they turned into a mean parent to their kids and their kids you see the cycle goes on and on and on what it is it ain't that there's bad blood in that family there is an iniquity that was never addressed and fixed. So what he's talking to these people about is these are people that had power in the Spirit. Man, you got to have power with God to cast out a devil. I don't care who you are. You can't just do that and not have any kind of prayer life at all. Can't just do it. You can't do it and not know of Jesus at least, right? And then it says that Jesus said they did many wonderful works. Now that's not miracles. That's just work, man. I mean, that's like uh, starting a soup kitchen and feeding hungry people. It's just work, right? So they were out doing many wonderful things for people that had a lot of needs. They were helping people. But he called them workers of iniquity. That means that because these people had it going on in the Spirit... They thought, well, I must be good with God, so you know I don't have to deal with this uh, character flaw I've got because if God really had a problem with it, could I still cast out devils? If God had a problem with me being mean to everybody, you know, would I still be able to, to do this and, and heal people? Would God use me if I really if this was a real problem like the preacher says it is? I think the preacher's going a little overboard because, look, God's still blessing my life. What we got to understand and what those people didn't understand is God is not going to penalize a sinner because the saint, the preacher, ain't exactly where he needs to be. Mm -hmm. Now, no, here's the principle. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, how's that finish? That I'm rare in their midst. He didn't say where two or three people that know Jesus' name are. He didn't say where two or three people that know there's only one God and Jesus' name are. He said, where any two or three people gather in my name, I'm going to be there. 
Right? So he's bound by his word. He loves the law so much that he won't penalize the guy that needs a healing because I have this iniquity I'm not working on. He won't penalize them. But we got to be careful that we don't think just because we look around and we see the favor of God that that means all my behavior right now must be okay with God. We have to be honest with ourselves. And if we're real snappy all the time and biting people's heads off over nothing, then that, you know, let me give you this. The excuse, that's just the way I am, well, that ought to be a good excuse for about two days. Because by the second day, you ought to be fixing the way I am. Okay? If you're hurting your spouse or hurting your kids or hurting your parents, it's because of a bad attitude or something you do, and everybody knows, no, don't bring that up, man. They get grouchy when you talk about that. You know, that's just the way they are. Well, okay, fix it. Work on it. God will help you to fix whatever that thing is that always causes you problems or make everybody else stay away from you. We don't want to talk about it, right? Uh And look what it costs these people. These are people casting out devils, doing miracles, healing people, doing wonderful works, giving of themselves, their time, their money, their energy to do things for God, and they're looking in the face of God only to find out He don't even know who they are. Mm. And it ain't because they're out there involved in a great big old sin or doing something nasty and awful. It's all because they have these personal traits that they said, you know what, I guess God ain't got a big problem with it because He's blessing my life. I'm good like I am. Mm. <laughs> Oh, that's a good Bible study all right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so look, here's what we do. We examine ourselves. You know where the mirror is? Boop. Boop. Yep. Boop. Amen. See, if I look in that mirror in my bathroom, you know, and there's some days where I can lie to myself real good faith and say, man, you look good there. Don't, don't laugh. <laughs> you look good. <laughs> and she didn't laugh. So that's pretty good. Yeah. But some days I can look in that mirror and lie to myself in there, right? And in the morning before I leave the house and I get my hair just right and I think I got it going on and the tie's just right, you know? And the last time I saw myself in the mirror in the bathroom, I looked just right. Then I get out in the car and I go about my day and I got my appointments and everybody all day long is kind of grinning a little bit. And I think they're grinning because I look good today, you know? And then somewhere halfway through the day, I pass by a mirror in the mall somewhere and I see I got three hairs standing straight up. And everybody all day long was laughing at me looking like, what was that dude's name on Little Rascals? Alfalfa, Alfalfa baby. And so the reason they were smiling at me is because I look like a dork all day. But see, the last time I saw myself, I, in the street they say, looked it good. <laughs> the last time I saw myself in the mirror, I looked it good, right? But I haven't looked at myself recently. So what we got to be careful of is when we look in this thing and you see parts in there that make you wince a little bit, it's a mirror. It's, it's supposed to show us the things that are going to make us wince. But it doesn't do us to beat us up. It doesn't do us to make us feel bad because you look like Alfalfa that day and everybody knew he was a dork except for us. It points out those flaws so we can say, you know what? I, I saw that and it didn't look good in the reflection today. I'm going to work on that. God, would you help me to work on that? And God will. God will. Yeah. He will. Amen. Go ahead, Jimmy. Okay. <laughs> he said, I'm trying. No, I'm trying. <laughs> Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. So, whosoever hears the words I'm saying. So this is the Word of God. So Jesus said, when you hear the words of God and do them. See the difference? Do them. He said, I'm going to liken... That dude's wise. That dude's smart. 
Now see, here's the thing. Right now, we know already, we've learned for ourselves that God's love, we know God's love is unconditional. God loves everybody, right? But the benefits of God are absolutely conditional. This section of Scripture right here proves that. That though God loves everybody, all the benefits of God are not available to everybody. Those are conditional. Remember, somebody hears, but another one does. And look, this verse says, whoever hears the sayings of mine, God, and does them. So that means the ones that don't, ain't. Right? God's love is unconditional, but His benefits are not. This will blow your mind. In the Bible, there are 1,522 ifs. 1,522. Don't you love modern technology? You can look this up. There's 1,522 of them. Right? And all of them are in regards to conditions upon which God will bless us. 1,522 ifs in the Bible. And all of them are conditions upon which God will bless us. There's 1,522 times where God says, if you do this, then I will. There's nowhere, not one time in the Bible can you find an unconditional benefit of God. Not one time. There's not one unconditional uh, compromise or promise from God or a covenant from God. Not one. All of them come with a condition. All of them. And David, can you read that? Uh, Luke 6 and 46 for me? Yeah. And why call you me? Lord, Lord. Now that word Lord, it comes from the word kurios. Mm-hmm. And it means supreme authority. That means there ain't no authority higher than that. Controller. Mm-hmm. Master. Mm. So this is Jesus again. David's quoting Jesus here. Jesus is asking these people, why are you calling me your supreme authority, your controller, or your master? And what, David? And do not the things which I say. Mm. Altar's open. (laughs) I'm first. So what Jesus is teaching us right there is if we don't do the things He says. He ain't our master. He's not our supreme authority. He's not our controller. You know who the master that usually takes His place is for most people, most of us? Uh, me first? It's usually us. If there's anyone that ever sits in God's place of control or supreme authority in our life. It's not another God. It's not that we're going to a Buddhist temple. It's not that we're getting rosary beads and saying Hail Marys. It's usually something that we look at and say, oh no, I'm going to have to, I'll come back to that one later. I'm going to do it this way until, and then until never comes. So Jesus looked at these people and said, you can call me master all you want to, but if you don't do what I tell you to do. So see, every single one of us has got to figure out a way. Figure out a way. Some of the stuff's easy. Loving people who love you back, that's easy for most people. Some people will have a hard time loving people that even love them back. Loving people that love you back, though, is usually easy. Loving people that are mean to you is a whole nother ballgame. 
And we have to learn how to do that because guess why? Our master, our controller, our supreme authority said we're supposed to. Verse 24, Jimmy. Okay. And it finishes up by saying, And I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Built his house on a rock. Now that word house, that is the Hebrew word oikia. It's not a car. What that word house means, it's not a literal house like this building we're in today. That word by implication means family. Family. So Jesus says, the ones that hear the sayings of mine and do them, I will liken them unto a wise person that builds their family upon a rock. Now remember, he's talking about people that listen to his words and do them. So what is the rock that they're building their family on? The word, the principles found in this book. These are people, wise people, that learn what the Bible says about how a marriage is supposed to be built and say, you know what? This isn't easy, but we're going to have to figure out how to make our marriage look like this. Yeah. These are people that when they find out there's a certain way God would have us to raise our children, that say, you know what? There ain't anybody out in that society doing it this way anymore, but this is what God wants and He ain't changed His mind. So we're going to have to figure out a way to raise our children the way God said to. Yes. That is the rock upon which a wise person builds their family. Now, for some of us and for some people in their life that, that are older in years now and the child-raising days are over, they can say, well, man, that's too late for me. I've already raised my kids and, and I would like to go back and do some things different, but I can't. Well, here's the awesome news. If we at our age begin to do everything right right now, begin to do everything in our life the correct way now that influences us and impacts us, when God sees that, God will move upon our children or grandchildren we don't have influence over anymore and touch them simply because of our obedience to Him. God will do such a thing. <laughs> so the ones that hear the words of God and then do them. Jesus said they're wise and they built their family on a rock. Now, you know, a lot of people, there's a common Christian theology that's shared today that says the faith wants you to confess Jesus as your Savior, uh, that you're always going to have money, you're going to get a new car when you want one, you're never going to get sick in your body, God does never want you to have a hard time, never wants anything bad to happen to you because you're a Christian. That's garbage. And here's Jesus proving it. Go ahead, Jimmy. Now this man built his family on the rock of Jesus' word, right? And look what happens to him. Go ahead, Jimmy. Tell me what happens to this man. And the rain descended. What? The rain came anyway. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and the floods came. What? Well, one flood or floods? The floods. The floods. You know, first of all, you know how much it's got to rain to get a flood? Yeah. So it doesn't say just the rain came. And then later on there was this flood. We don't know where the flood came from. You know where a flood comes from. Yeah. But this is floods. So this means it rained more than one time. And this is a man or a woman that is obeying God. 
This is somebody that says, man, I don't know how to do any of this. This is all new to me, but I'm going to do my best and try to do things the way God wants me to do it. And they're building their family on the principles of the Word of God and still yet the rain comes. And it ain't even just one single storm. And it ain't just one time it rained because if it rained one time and it flooded, it would just be a flood, duh. So, I like that flood, duh. That's a dumb flood, okay? So, in order for it to say there's floods, there had to be more than one time it rained. Which means the rain that comes to your life is not God telling you He's not happy with you. Guess what? You live in a world where it rains, everybody. And floods coming. What is a flood in danger? Man, every year in these mountains toward the end of the year, you watch this October. I pray it don't happen. But this is usually one of the flood seasons in these mountains. Because there's a serious rain that comes the end of October. Knocks all those beautiful leaves out of the trees. And we read about people being flooded out all the time. And these people that get the floods, they got to put sandbags outside their house to keep the flood from coming in the house. So what Jesus is talking about here, He said it's not just going to rain one time in your life when you live for Me. It's going to rain enough different times where there's going to be different seasons in your life where it floods. And there's going to be times where you're going to have to guard your house to keep the flood that's yeah, out there yeah, yeah. from coming in your house. And these are people that love God with all their heart. So we have to agree and understand, everybody, that this modern theology, that if you love God, nothing ever happens to you but good stuff, that is a lie. It's not true. That's usually people that want you to sow a seed into their ministry and send them $50, right? That's the same lying devil's doctrine. And you also have to sink in your heart right now that when the rain does come to your life, it doesn't mean you fail God. God in the flesh just told you you can build your whole life on me and it's still going to rain sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have floods in your life. So take that weapon out of the devil's hand. Because that is one of his best weapons, man. When something bad comes, I must be failing God. And look, when it floods, it don't just get over in a day. When you fight off floods, you spend days fighting them off, and then you spend days cleaning up after the flood and the water's gone. So this is a long season that will wear you out, gets you discouraged and frustrated, and the devil will tell you, if you were pleasing God right now, this wouldn't be happening. And that's why it's so important to have this Word in your heart, because you can go to the Bible and say, oh, no, no, that ain't true. Jesus Himself told me there's no flood sometimes. So this, this man, he built his house on a rock. The rain came anyway. The floods came. What, what came next, Jimmy? And the winds. Winds. And, and what they do? Does it say the winds just blew? What's it say? And beat upon beat. that house. <laughs> hey, look. You can be living for God all the way across the board and not have one area you look at that you've got any uh, willing sin in your life and you're doing everything you can to please God and the world can be beating your house to death. Mm -hmm. You hear me? That does not mean that you are displeasing God. It just means you're in this world. You're not of it, but you're in it. As long as you're in it, things from outside. And look, since we know this word house means family, for us that got kids that are grown and gone already, oh, that's frustrating. Oh, I, I wish I'd like to go back in time and slap some of them older parents that made me believe that when kids got grown, it was going to be easier. It don't. Damon Iris, let me just go ahead and help you with that. It don't get easier. 
And the reason you're dull, because when you're an adult parent, your kids are adults, they can be headed right for a cliff and have their foot right on the gas pedal, mashed to the floor, and you can tell them, and you know they know they're headed for a cliff, and you can tell them five times, you're headed for a cliff, get your foot off of that gas pedal, turn that wheel, but because they're grown, they're going to make their own decision. So as a parent, you can sit back and you can feel like you failed. Guess what? As long as you still pray for that adult child, you haven't yeah. failed that child yeah. at all. Yes. As long as you invite God into that child's life every day, you get up and start your day, you haven't failed that child. And God could get in that car with that grown child, grab a hold of that steering wheel, lift that foot off the gas pedal. Mm -hmm. But sometimes in our family, it looks like that our family's getting beat to death. And you know what? It's not a bad thing to say, hey, Lord, is there anything I need to know about? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> That's not a bad place to start. But if there is something you need to know about, God will tell you. God's not going to beat on you and your family and let bad things happen because there's a sin there and then step back and not tell you what's wrong. He's a good father, right? <laughs> so here this man is building his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat that house. So what, what's to say happened to the household, Jimmy? The family. Well, and it fell not. And it fell not. So we got the rain coming. We got floods coming against this family. We got winds coming against this family. This family is getting beat on. But it doesn't fall apart. And he tells us exactly why. Why, Jimmy? For it was found. Found Upon a rock. Upon a rock. We're back to this rock again. <laughs> that word found is a cool word. It means built, settled, consolidated. So in other words, Jesus said the reason this family didn't fall apart when so many others did because this happens to everybody. Yeah. Good or bad. Nice or mean. Sweet or sour. This stuff happens to everybody. And Jesus wants us to know exactly why this family didn't fall apart. Because it was built on the rock. Even though the rain came, the flood came, the winds came, and they all beat the family, it stayed because it was built on the rock. And that rock again, you guys, it's the words of God. Yes. Built on the principles in the Word of God. Go ahead, Jimmy. Now, now, now this, is, this is the wise dude. There's always two. One's wise and one... Mm, so we'll see what Jesus says about him. Go ahead, Jimmy. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not... Okay, now you would stop right there and say, what kind of mean it? Mm. <laughs> What's that thing? A human being not listening to God. If we just step back and just thought about that a second, that doesn't even make sense. How are you going to not listen to God? But we know all the way from Adam and Eve, yeah. we can choose, and I've been guilty of the same thing, we can choose not to listen to God. So, so what's to say about this guy? What does what Jesus think about him, Jimmy? Well, be, this one shall be likened unto a foolish man. A foolish man. Now, this is really cool. I didn't make this up. You can Google this and prove it. That word foolish comes from a word moros. It sounds a lot like moron, don't it? You know why? Because it's a root word for guess what? Moron. It really is. This word moros means dull or stupid, blockhead, moron. Look it 
up. I'm not lying to you. This warm and fuzzy Jesus these people talk about nowadays, he's good, don't get me wrong, but I don't see a lot of warm and fuzzy. No. <laughs> he told the truth, man. He didn't beat around the bush. No. He said, people that hear my word and learn my word and don't listen to me, these are dull, stupid, blockhead morons. Wow. I bet they're coming back to church next Sunday. Huh? No wonder they all left him one day and he looked at his disciples and said, you going to leave too? And they were smart enough to say, man, I'd really like to, but I know there ain't nowhere else for me to go. You got the words of life. So somebody that hears these words and don't do them is a dull, stupid blockhead. I didn't write it. Go ahead, Jimmy. Which built what? Okay, well this one built his house upon the sand. His family. Yeah. Upon the sand. And when Matthew tells this story, uh, uh, when, when Matthew talks about it, he says that, that this man digged in the earth and built his family. Now we know why Jesus would use that word picture. Digged in the earth and built their family. That's a family that everywhere they look, you can't find God anywhere in your family. My marriage is, we do things in my marriage the way everybody else does. Uh, we raise our kids like what society says is legal, not legal, cool, not cool. Uh, we do things exactly like all the rest of our neighbors. It's a family that looks out across the whole society and the way people that don't even pretend to know God do things, they do them the same way. Digged in the earth and built their family. So this guy heard the word and, and he built his family according to the world's way anyway. What happened to him, Jimmy? Well, and the rain descended on him. Too. So see, you know, uh, some people get the idea when they're in the church. Uh, like I know people that have said that, that, you know, when they were adults, they were in the church when they were kids, and when they were adults, they decided not to stay in church, and they thought that their kids would be better off for it. And guess what? They thought they wouldn't suffer some of the things that they did when they were in church, only to find out not only do you still go through the same things in life when you don't serve God, but now you don't have a rock to stand yeah, on. Right. The rain's still going to come. It ain't better over there. So this guy that didn't build it, the rain still descended. What happened to him next? And the floods came. Floods, more than one. He's going through the same thing, ain't he? What else, Jimmy? Well, and the winds blew. The winds blew. What did he do to his house? Well, they beat upon him. Beat him, his family. So here we got two people. Look, look, look. This tells us that there are things in this world that happen to everybody. Everybody. It's the exact same thing that one person's going through that's lived for God, another person's going through that ain't lived for God. So, you know, my first thought would be, well, what's the point of living for God then? But if I'm going to have this stuff come against my family and have troubles anyway, what point is there in living for God? Jesus is getting ready to tell us. This man that didn't build his family in God, didn't have nothing to do with God, didn't have a marriage based on God, or raise his kids based on God, or behave in a way that God wanted him to, this man went through all the same things. And what happened to his family, Jimmy? Well, it fell. It fell. His family fell. How does a family fall? Man, they're all around us falling families. And look, understand this. I'm not standing there looking down my nose at nobody either. I come from a fallen family. I come from a family where our mother died at a very young age. I'm 16 years older than she was when she died. And when she died, she left seven children behind. And our family fell, man. 
And there are still relationships in our family among the seven of us kids that still ain't good. As a matter of fact, there, there's, there are some that still ain't at all. Nothing. And that's because the family fell. So I'm not looking down my nose at anybody. But what I'm telling you today is there are some things that's going to come to everybody. The difference between how our life is when they come is if we're living for God, our life don't have to fall. Yeah. Our family can stand. So this family, it, it fell. And then he, he said something about how it fell. How did it fall, Jimmy? Great was the fall. Great was the Now look, this crazy yeah. day, like, yeah! No. <laughs> I've never tripped over a crack in the sidewalk and looked around and everybody laughing at me and said, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> That's not what it means when it says this family fell and it was great. What it means is this wasn't just like, oh, that family's got some problem. No. When this family fell apart, there was no more relationship between the, the parents and the children. The children didn't like each other. Some of them was in prison. Some of them were on drugs. Some of them were out on the street. When this family fell apart, it was awful. Yeah. All because this guy didn't build his family on the Word. Never buy the lie that if you live for God, bad things never happen. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can tell you from my own experience that there are floods that will come to your family and some of them will do everything they can to tear your family apart. I, I can mm -hmm. tell you that. And there can be some things that can happen in your life that, that you can even ask yourself... And even ask God, God, how is my family going to survive this? I, I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience. And you don't know if it will. And in those times, all you can do, even if you don't feel confident about it, even if you don't feel bold and brave, in those times when something comes and you don't see how you can survive it, what you do is you just stop and you know that scripture says, having done all to stand, stand. Yeah. So sometimes all you can do, you can't even answer people. You can't even explain to people. You can't even tell them. And people will say, why? And all you can do is say, I don't know why. And who cares why? It happened. How about instead of wondering why, how about how? How are we going to survive this? That's more important than the why. And sometimes all you can do is stand there and say, you know what, I don't know. I don't know how this happened. I don't know why this happened. But I know that I've done everything to the best of my ability to build our family on the rock. And I've got a promise from Jesus himself that said that this flood that's trying to knock my house down, that if I will, here's the key, stay. Stay. Man, when that wind's beating and it seems like those windows are going to come in and you hear a tornado alarm go off in the distance and you're in the house, should we stay? Should we go? What should we do? And the wind's blowing your family. Only it's not your building house now. It's your family. And you don't know if that thing's going to be able to stand. And you think, should I run? Should we all run? No. Stand. Stay on the rock. Man. 
Because I can promise you this. That flood water might get all the way up to your nose, Spud. And you may not be able to open your mouth and breathe. And it may feel like it's going to cover your nose next. And you're going to drown in that flood. But you got a promise from God. God said that flood may get all the way up to here, but I won't let it get that far because you built your family on the rock of my word. So not if the winds blow and not if something beats on your family, but when you got to make up your mind, I'm staying right here. I'm staying right here. I'm going to keep loving my wife like this book says to. I'm going to keep loving my kids like this book says to. I'm going to stay on the rock of the Word of God because this too shall pass. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. So, building your family on God's Word by God's principles don't mean the rain, flood, and wind won't come, and it won't mean sometimes you won't get beat. But it does mean when it does happen, your family will stand. Why? Deuteronomy 32.31 For their rock is not as our rock, and even our enemies themselves being judges, they know our rock is different. 1 Samuel 2 and 2, There is none holy as the Lord, there is none beside you. Neither is there any rock like our God. 2 Samuel 22 and 32, For who is God except the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? And he liked that so much he repeated it again in Psalm 18 31, word for word. Who is God save the Lord? Who is a rock save our God? And the last one, Psalm 95 and 1, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. So you got a promise, man. If you will put your feet on the rock and keep them there. See, there's, there's, there's two, two processes in, in a person's life. It's when life has beat them to death and they don't know God and, and they struggle to get to the rock and they get on that rock from whatever had them before the rock, but now they're on the rock and they're building everything in their life on that rock and they're starting to get beat and the winds are coming and the flood's coming and everything that can shake is being shaken. Now there's a second thing. you got to decide to stay. On the rock. And you guys know me, man. I'm just, I'm real and I'm honest. I have walked away from the rock before. But never, ever again. Because I'm telling you, I have lived both sides of that. And the rain comes off the rock and the floods come and the winds come and things beat your family off the rock. And when that happens, family falls. So I want to encourage you today to make up your mind brand new. I'm staying on the rock. 
And sink it in your heart and your mind that just because storms come, that has nothing to do with whether or not God loves me. That's got to do with the fact I'm still in this world. And if that storm's coming, I think I'll just stay on the rock. There's going to be many things coming in our society. They've already came and they're only going to grow in intensity to try to, try to you know, push off the rock. And the crowd on the rock is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. So you have to sink it in your soul right now. It, I, it don't matter who walks off this rock, I'm staying. Yeah. It don't matter what they make illegal about this rock, I'm staying. Yes. I want to pray for you today. And I'd like you to pray for yourself and make your commitment again to God that you're going to stay on the rock. Everything in your life if you have an area of your life that you can look at and you know that you haven't seen what the Bible says about that area, find it now and put it to work. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over these families today, Father. I thank You, Lord, for every family that's here right now, God. I thank You for both sets of rapiers, Lord. I thank You for the Russells and the Wells. I thank You, Father, for faith being here today, Lord. And Lord, there are some of us today that have already learned. We know, Father, before we ever met You, we learned before we found the rock that that life, it is bad, God. And it does take a toll on You. And we were thankful for the day we ran into the rock, for the day we found out You were real, the day we learned we could plant our feet on the rock, God, and not be moved, Lord. So we thank You for that day today, Father. But Lord, today we're making a brand new decision, God. And the decision we're making today is that no matter how strong the rain comes, we're standing on the rock. No matter how strong the floods come, we're standing on the rock. No matter how hard the wind blows, we're standing on the rock, God. We're making up our minds today, Father, when the world makes it more and more unpopular to base our life on the foundation of the gospel that we're going to stand, God. We're making up our minds today Lord, that when that storm comes and it does everything it can do to push us off the rock and it looks like it would be easier just to step off the rock, Lord, in that day, God, we're going to draw from your word and we're going to stand on the rock, Lord. And today, God, those of us that are the parents and the grandparents, Lord, we speak for our families today and we're going to stand on the rock, God. Those of us here, Lord, that don't have grandchildren yet, make up our minds today, we're going to pass on a heritage, Lord, that when that world beats against our family line, it may be the third or the fourth or the fifth generation after us, it may be a generation we never lay eyes on, but they will receive the heritage of the rock of our salvation, God, so today, Lord, we will stand. We will stand. And Lord, today, Father, we are the people You spoke of in the fact that we do things in Your name. We baptize in Your name, in the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as a church family, we have a mind to do many wonderful works. 
And Father, some of us have cast out devils and will cast out many more, God. But Lord, please, please never stop convicting us over our iniquities. Let us not look at the things that we do in the kingdom and, and, and use that as some kind of approval for the way we behave in every area of our lives, God. Help us, Lord, no matter what we do for You and no matter how powerfully You use us in Your kingdom. Help us, God, to, to use the mirror You gave us. The one thing that shows our true reflection. And let us remember when we look in that book, when we look in that mirror and we see something staring back at us that we know we need to fix, God, let us remember You don't show us those things to condemn us. You show us those things so we'll know they're there. And there is something in that Bible about anything you would ever show us needs to be fixed. So I pray right now, God, that You would lead and guide our church family, Lord. Help us, Father, to always be honest with You. Lord, I praise You. I plead the blood of Jesus over Travis and Lori and their children and grandchildren. I plead the blood over Jimmy and Stacy and their children and all their family and the generations that are not here yet. I plead the blood over Damon and Irish and their children and the grandchildren that are to come. I plead the blood over Faith and her family today, God. And I ask You, Lord, to be with every one of us. Help us, God, to stand on the rock no matter what comes. And Lord when we see one of our brothers or one of our sisters, when we see the rains come, when we see the floods come, when we see the winds come, and we see their family being beaten, Lord, please, Father, forbid the haughty spirit and help us, God, to have compassion. Help us, Lord, to stand right next to each other, to, to reinforce and encourage and strengthen a brother or a sister that's going through the storms of life, God, to help them to stand on that rock and to stand right next to them, God, until the storm passes and the floods recede. Lord, I worship You and I thank You for Your people today. I ask You to bless them all week long until we come together again. And everybody said in Jesus' name, Amen. God bless each of you. We're going to have some real good food here in just a minute. Going to eat, going to have some fun. Thank you for being here. Let's have a good time today.